0: Welcome back to the West Side Discussion Podcast, the first and only podcast dedicated to West Side Discs. My name is Jay, thanks for listening. This is episode 15. Today I'm joined again by Seth Jeniton. Last year I ran my first Trilogy Challenge and Seth was extremely helpful answering a ton of questions I had as it was the first tournament of any kind I've ever ran. So I asked Seth to come back on to talk about the Trilogy Challenge and give some advice for anyone that was thinking about getting one going. Seth, thank you so much for coming on. How have you been?
1: Hey Jay. Uh, Good. I've been getting ready, you know, getting ready for the season. Uh, This year I've been, you know, with my baby coming in in a few weeks, actually. Oh, wow. uh, You know, staying closer to home. I'm going to be running more tournaments this year than really traveling around. And the Trilogy Challenge is always a good one to do um, that I always look forward to doing. And everyone in my community really seems to like it as well.
0: Yeah, perfect. So let's get right into it then. If you don't mind, just for anyone that maybe doesn't know, would you just explain what the Trilogy Challenge is?
1: Yeah. Uh, So the Trilogy Challenge is a tournament in a box, uh, an event that DD puts on that anybody can run. And what I mean by tournament in a box is it just comes with everything that really you're going to need the basics to run a tournament. This one is super easy to do. Um, They call it the Trilogy because you get a disc from each one of the companies, Westside, Latitude, and DD. And they decide, you know, between the molds and everything that they're going to do, which ones you get. So um, all players get the same three discs. The weights and colors vary, but the discs themselves are all the same. And uh, yeah, it's a a super fun tournament, especially for beginners or anybody who uh, is kind of looking to get into that competitive scene. It's a great uh, way to get your feet wet in that environment. Kind of sets a even uh, even tone to the field just because everyone's using the same discs and uh, makes it no one really has any more of advantage because all the plastic and discs are the same.
0: So yeah, so last year when we had it was a lot of fun because even though it might be a disc that you might be familiar with that mold, it is a unique plastic um, that it's going to be in um, and what are the discs for this year?
1: This year we've got the Tursus, which that's going to be in the new um, ice plastic. The ice plastic is kind of like a uh, mesh. It's like an in-between between between, um, like your VIP plastic and then your VIP X. So what I've heard from it, it's, it's a really nice uh, in-between mold for that. And then you've got, the Prime Burst Agent, we all know it, the Prime Plastic, it's your kind of your basic plastic, um, just with a burst effect to it. And then you've got your Gold Saint. I'm thinking that the gold is just, a sh- it's the gold line, but I'm not for mm-hmm. sure. It just says gold, so um, I would assume it's just going to be the gold line that we've always had. It's just a, maybe a newer, different gold line plastic. I'm not for sure on that, but it looks, those are awesome, awesome discs, you know, really controllable um and like i said it's not going to be able to uh no one person's really going to have a significant advantage because these are going to be some more understable discs so someone like myself you're really going to have to power down and really well, you have to learn the disc as well you know it's not going to be i'm just i'm not going to be able to just grab it and throw it full blast otherwise it's going to turn into a roller so it's kind of right. nice because it really makes you as a pro player think. And then it might be even more comfortable and easier for someone who's just learning. They might be able to throw this thing just right out of the box.
0: Yeah. I, you know, this is West side uh, discussion. I've been, I do love the Tercis. I've added that to my bag uh, this year. So I'm excited about getting that one. Uh, But yeah, uh, last year, you know, we, when I got the discs, when I ran it, people were like, Hey, can I, can I get the discs and try them out? And I was like, no, it's, you know, even playing field, you can come early to sign up, you know, if you want to get some practice in before. Um, But yeah, you're just learning those discs during that, during that tournament. So it makes it a lot of fun. So if someone is, is thinking about running one, how much, realistically how much experience do you think they would need um to be successful in running the trilogy challenge
1: i think even if you have just the basic knowledge if you've ever ran just a league before or even anything like that just something basic it's it's one of the easiest tournaments i ever have to do um i could literally get the discs i can show up and have it all ready to go and you know 15, 20 minutes. You can have everything laid out. Um, like I said, everything comes with it. You get your discs, you get the players' prizes, you get uh whatever else additional, you know, they throw in towel, um, and then they put provide scorecards for you as well. So that's even taken care of if you don't have, you know, if you're doing a different layout maybe than your U Disc, local U Disc has on there, or um you just don't want to use U Disc then they have scorecards to usually send with you as well. So it's all super easy. Um, the biggest thing is making sure, you know, if you're gonna do uh, different rounds, maybe just keep score, have a notepad, and uh, just track everything down. And yeah, it's it's easy. It's one of the easiest tournaments that I've ever had
0: to do. <laughs> okay, all right, nice. So, I mean, you're very familiar with running tournaments. Um, so you kind of know the start and finish to it. So kind of walk us through the process of, of how you get started what what you do to get people signed up and then um, to show up there at the day.
1: Yeah. Um, so when I, when I get it going, it's really easy. Scott reek. Um, he does a lot of these. He is the kind of the brain behind all these tournament, in the boxes. So he really covers everything. Um, if you go to, trilogychallenge.com it's got where to register your td information when you register your event he sends you an email it then has links to your purchase of your players packs they even have a template that you can use on disc scene so everything's really broken down for you so i always use the template you know you click on it it already has it built for you so when players register they'll just go in and pick the general you pick your price that you're doing usually they have a recommended price you do the trilogy challenge at and people will just sign up and that way it makes it easy on you because then you don't have to keep track of all um you know keep track of money or keep track of uh who's all playing it's all in there for you and then it's all in a paypal account so when you go to purchase the uh the players packs it's super easy and ready to go so i i always do a disc golf scene you know, you promote it. They have custom template banners you can fill out super easy. Throw it up and people can go to your, you know, go to the disc golf scene and sign up. Uh, I always promote it on our local page and kind of the surrounding areas too, because a lot of people are uh, interested in this event. So I will promote it within. And if anyone needs help or has questions or needs to figure out, they can't figure out where to go, you always help them out. And long as they're getting signed up and everything filled out it's it's pretty easy from there if you ever have questions scott is super available anytime i email him he's very quick to respond and he'll help you out and walk you through any questions and if you have questions you can always reach out to myself or you know any any pros that you know of done this tournament in the past um, we're always willing to help out too
0: Perfect. Now you're saying, so people sign up on Disc Golf Scene, and that's where they do the payment and everything, correct?
1: Yeah, you, that would be the easiest way. Uh, I've had it in the past where I don't do Disc Golf Scene. I think maybe the first or second one that I ran, um, I just had players pay me, uh, and then we go from there. But it just it makes it so much easier, because then you know exactly how many players are registered. Um, you have all the money in one, one place to purchase your players' packs. So you're not really having to shuffle it all around. Um, so once that's all taken care of and everyone's registered, you have your numbers. You order your players' packs. They're here, usually really fast. I don't, I know they um ask you to, you know, do two to three weeks out your ordering just to make sure that they can get it all put together and everything. But I don't think I've ever ordered and not had my discs. Uh, you know, relatively quick. Sent out and or delivered to me, so they do such an amazing job um, packaging and getting that stuff out to you right away, so you can kind of get it organized. And then I, you know, I separate them out when I get to the course. I'll lay them all out by the three disc stacks, so people can kind of filter through and choose. And like I, like you said, I'll go early, so if anyone wants to try and test them out a little bit, and they pick that pick out their discs, we do a little players meeting, just go over what we're doing, super casual. And, Usually you play one to two rounds and hand up the trophies at the end.
0: Yeah, I used uh, Disc Golf Scene last year. It was pretty easy. I was a little nervous uh, when I signed up because I thought I had to buy the player's pack up front. And then when people signed up, I would get, you know, reimbursed. And I went to a couple of friends, asked them to go in with me. And then I was pleasantly surprised when like, oh, sign up on Disc Golf Scene. That money goes in the PayPal account and I just use that to buy the player's pack. So that was super easy
1: yeah that's a that's a one of the best features it's uh you know it's almost like a pre order type deal right. where you're not having to put out you know a huge amount of money for these players' packs you can literally wait and that's why it's nice to have that you know that buffer that two week buffer whatever so people players can get signed up and then you can always order extra in case you have you know those late sign-ons but yeah, I really like that feature where players can sign up on Disc Golf Scene and I don't have to keep track of it or worry about paying for, you know, 25 to 50 players packs out of my own pocket.
0: Yeah, and one thing you mentioned ordering, you know, uh, more player packs later if you need them, I actually went ahead and bought extras to begin with. I did have some left over, but they were pretty easy to sell sell afterwards uh, to help you even raise even more money. Uh, We put that money towards um, some signs for our park, so that was great. And we'll talk about that more in a minute, but just a question about disc golf scene, so setting that up. So when you go to set it up, you do have the option, of course, there's different types of tournaments, You know, shotgun start or a flex start. Um, Would you mind talking a little bit about how to make maybe decide which one to go with, pros and cons of each maybe?
1: Yeah, so the shotgun start, uh, most people are familiar with. It's everybody gets there at one time, and the start time is all at one time. Um, with that one, it's a little bit more organization on the TDs part, just because you have, you'll have to have cards prepared and give you everyone up and send them out to their holes and just like a regular tournament event. So if you have a little bit more tournament experience, um, that's usually the one that most people go with just as long as you're organized and prepared and know how to do all the, um, Cards ahead of time, you know. If you have the disc off scene, that's also nice because you can prepare the cards ahead of time. Um, the flex start, that's going to be where you have a time frame from start to finish. So most flex starts, you know, you're going to do like early in the morning to mid afternoon, or whenever you really, as a t- tournament director, want to do it. So if you don't want to start the tournament until later in the afternoon and go, you know, noon. Until 6 o'clock. So the first cards can go at noon. And the last card has to be there by 6 o'clock. You guys will play. And then you'll do the awards and everything after. Um, So what's kind of nice about that is. It gives people more freedom. You know if they have work. Or just other obligations where. They're not for sure when they can get out and play. But they would like to play and support. You know support whatever the trilogy challenges going towards, um, it allows them to do that. The only thing that's kind of a drawback on it as a tournament director is you're usually there for much longer of a period of time. So, right. so you know, you, if you open it up, you got to be there before you open the first card and you have to be there until the last card. Usually if I do a flex start, I'm going to be the last card that tees off. So that way when I tee, we're done and then you, we go through the course and um that's when we'll do all the awards and stuff and you don't um but it is kind of nice cuz then as cards come in you know you can be jotting down scores and kind of really already ahead of time be planning the awards and planning the whatever uh payouts you're going to be doing for that event so it's it's a nice it's a nice feature definitely if you have time you have the entire day it's nice cuz then you can prepare Everything um, that's on the back half of the tournament, uh, while everyone, all the cards and stuff are coming in um, right. on the shotgun start, you know you have to be quick. <laughs> as soon as that tournament's done, everybody wants to know the scores and they want to know where they sit. So you got to be able to kind of do that a little bit faster. Again, just being more organized and dealt with it. So this may be your first time running it. A flex start's not too bad of an idea. It lets you kind of understand what you need to do beforehand during and after an event.
0: So with the uh, flex stars, so people showing up and they just go out, would there be any recommendation for how many people on that card? If someone just shows up, do they need to kind of wait until more people show up to join their card?
1: Yep, I usually like to do, I mean, if you have, I always do at least two, but I always try to get to see if people, you know, will come around, you know, usually they come in groups with their friends, so you'll do two to four, just like a regular, four like a regular okay. card, if it's you know you got two guys that have been sitting there for already 15 20 minutes and nobody's coming um at least those two could go out and that would be fine cuz as long as you have two people you know keep each other honest with the rules and everything that you're doing um i don't see an issue ever with just rolling with two people
0: right all right yeah so last year i did it i did shotgun start um I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do a flex start this year because our, you know, my local course, Elephant Rock is a 12 hole course. And so that kind of limits how many people you can do. If you do a, you know, a shotgun start, I actually had so much uh, response when I, when I announced it that I added a, kind pretty much did a second tournament that same day. So I had one round um, in the morning that was its you know, own separate tournament. And then I had another one in the afternoon that was, you know, its own separate tournament. And I was able to get, separate uh, price packs you can buy a different price pack um from dd you can buy an additional price pack from dd if you need to um so i was doing that but yeah so i might do flex start to this time just so you can get more people in there because you are kind of limited with that shotgun start
1: yep yeah exactly you are limited to you know the amount of holes you have so it's always nice you know when you have a especially just such feedback from players that want to play um, if they exceed the amount of holes, you know, if you got four, four players per hole and you were well past that, a flex start's great. Um, right. You know, you can push through as many players as you can in the day and get everybody going. So, yeah, if you definitely have a large response, flex starts are um, a great way to go for sure.
0: I want to pause for just a moment and say thank you again to Mando Discware for their continued sponsorship. You know, I first got involved with Mando Discwear last year when I ran my Trilogy Challenge. I reached out to them, asked them if they wanted to partner up in any way, and they sent me some goodies to add to the Players Pack. So I really appreciate Mando Discwear. You got to check out their lineup of apparel, shirts, hats, joggers. Their clothes are comfortable. They allow you to send it with style. You can check them out at mandodiscwear.com. Use code WSD10 at checkout to save 10%. That's WSD10. And so speaking of, you know, speaking of the courses in the park, uh, do people need permits to do this? Do they need to reach out to anybody to get permission?
1: Um, I would just to be on the safe side. You never know, especially if you have such a large feedback. Um, You know, sometimes it's become such a big event just because people have heard so much about it and enjoy it. Um, You might need to get permission from either the parks and rec in your local area. Or um, the easiest way is if if you are, is this your first time running the tournament? The easiest thing is to either talk to someone who's ran one before or not even a trilogy challenge, just another event, another tournament at your local course. Um, You know, reach out to someone in the disc golf club and just talk to them and ask who they need to speak with. And they'll definitely point you in the right direction on if you need permits and who you need to talk to just to get everything going. And they'll probably help out also
0: perfect yeah yeah my uh you know my parks department's very friendly with disc golf and um, last year they kind of get waived the fee for it, and they're doing it again this year for me uh, for the permit because it is a beginner it's you know to grow the sport is to get beginners in there and we're not really making any money on it as i said last year we had a little bit of money left over and i was able to use that to buy next t signs that you can you know, attach to the basket that point you know, to the next tee, kind of give direction on the course and, and the park appreciated that. And we're looking to do some more stuff with that too. Awesome. So on the day of the, the trilogy tournament, of course, you're going to have the players pack. Uh, what else do you think a TD should bring with them?
1: Um, just depending on the level of experience, what you've, you have yourself as a TD, you know, I've got a DD display board that separates, you know, the 18 holes so you can put your cards in there and, you know, a little bit more organization. If you guys want to, they have those available at the DD site. Um, But other than that, all you really need to make sure is you've got scorecards, either that the park has or maybe even reach out to UDISC, which they can create a layout for you if you if you need them to do that. They're super fun to work with and they will do that really easy. And I really just bring a notebook and a pencil or pen. Just because I like to write things down, but or a computer, just to jot down scores, it makes it so much easier at the end of the day um, when you're deciding, you know, looking at who won and how much money e- each person's gonna get or or um, the DD players packs, voucher cards. Uh, it just makes it easier when it's a little bit more organized. So as players come in, as scorecards get turned in, I always write it all down. You can look at it and kind of organize it a little bit faster and easier so like i said with this tournament it's really easy and you really don't need much to to run it and be successful with it
0: yeah so last year i I learned a lesson um you know because i'm used to the course and and i know what it was but i got some feedback from some players because there's no restrooms at our course and even though there was a short you know the the round isn't that long um this year, what I'm going to do is rent, rent some porta potties uh, to have out there. So that's something to think about too. Um, if you're going to be running one, and maybe there's not facilities at your course, adding something like that will really help the players.
1: Yeah, for sure. We have, we're kind of in the same area. When we run our bigger events throughout the year, um, we've got one at the very beginning of the course. I always get a few extras out in the uh, out in the open. That way, you know, players will have some access to facilities out later on during their round uh something else we've i've come encountered with is out of my course is not very good for cell cell phone reception so if you're trying to load u-disc or load pdj live scoring Mm -hmm. get that going um you know we really didn't have access the first couple years so we struggled through it but now we have a uh a signal booster uh hooked up awesome so you know it's just those things that you learn over time as a tournament director that yeah i i'm gonna need this this and this and you figure it out. So, yeah, we do, a, we do a signal booster, and that way people can get their PDGA loaded, get U-Disc loaded, and everything works out a little bit easier.
0: Great. Yeah, one last uh, suggestion I, I would give for anyone. I, last year I reached out. Um, our local Play it Again Sports is very friendly with our disc golf club, and he actually added some extra uh, gift cards to the prize packs, and he came out, set up a tent you know, with some discs and things as well just to kind of have that presence uh, so that was pretty cool. So th- something to consider as well, if uh, if you have any local businesses that you want to kind of get involved, uh, just make it a, a community event.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have. Um, so what we did that uh, one year was we had our we have a local business that usually does pizza, um, but they also have a mobile hot dog cart. So they've been one of the guys we always reach out to for lunchtime breaks um, for all of our events to bring out their hot dog cart and have you know, something like that lunch available. If you're going to do multiple rounds, people can get a quick bite to eat and you guys keep playing.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. All right. Well, so I want to thank you again. As I said, last year, you, you were a tremendous help to me. So I, you know, again, I want to uh, thank you for that. It was very appreciative and thanks again for coming back on. Was there any other tips or anything you wanted to mention that we didn't go over yet?
1: Um, not that I can think of, uh, like I said, if you guys ever have any questions, anybody's looking to run this event, I'm more than happy if you guys reach out to me. Um, I'm always available. You can either look me up on Facebook, uh, Seth Jennington, G-E-N-N-E-T-T-E-N, or on my Instagram, G 605 um, Either or, reach out. I'll help you. If not, reach out on the Trilogy email, Trilogy.com email. You can reach out to them and Scott Reek or any way that's helping him and those uh, in that area will have all the answers for any of the questions you guys can come up with so they do a great job
0: all right well thank you again and thank you so much for listening this is the west side discussion podcast i want to thank seth for coming back on again i'll have the link to register for the trilogy challenge and all obsessed info in the show notes thank you again to mando discware the theme song is what would you be like by akira the don we'll continue the discussion next time